Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Chapter Tactics, the show where we talk about tactics and strategies to, uh, that help both new and veteran players alike. I am your host, Magic Arbusefly, also known as Matt, and with me today we have the luscious, the very bearded, fresh out of uh, having a baby, Demeki. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? Yeah, I've, I've lost some weight, finally. You know, <laughs> the kid came out. His name's Budweiser. All right. Okay. 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 And then we have um, we have the very, very specially. uh, I don't have. I have frick, dude. I I was on jumpy. (laughs) Hey, yeah, yeah. Here, I'll cover. uh, I'm here to kick some bud and chew some bubble gum. And you're all bud. (laughs) (laughs) And last but not least, uh, this man needs no introduction. We have Scary. Thank you for the introduction, everyone. Hello, and welcome to Chapter Tactics, brought to you by our friends at... <gasps> oh, what a tee-up! Frontlinegaming.org, where you can get amazing game mats for not just your 40k games, but almost any tabletop game out there. Purchase miniatures at a discount, and join some of the largest 40k events in the industry. They also have the largest 40k podcasting network in the business, with shows like Signals from the Frontline, Chapter Tactics, which you're listening to right now, uh, Grim After Dark, uh, The Thursday Show with Adam Kamalari, and so much more. And uh, yeah, you can you know uh listen to all that uh by clicking on the link in the description of uh this podcast on all the social media goodies out there cherokee open that's next week it's gonna no that's this weekend cherokee open yes this weekend yeah it's gonna be nuts uh after that the next big event from flg is gonna be the bao the bay area open uh so go get your tickets for that i will be going there i don't know if anyone else is going but i know that for sure i will be going there because i'm gonna go ham on some events, <laughs> I'm gonna I, I'm gonna play some events and I'm gonna have a good time, and uh, I'm just gonna get molly whopped. I just want to I want to get molly whopped on the floor in front of everybody. It's a yeah. public execution of being flogged. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, quite the description. Very vivid interpretation of your experience. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, man. I you know I try I try I try. I try. You need to make it do like the shame walk, like uh, like Cersei did. Yeah, <laughs> just have some- <laughs> shame, shame. <laughs> Demeki, can you dress up in like in a nun costume and just follow me around with a bell? It just shame. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, shame. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yep. so in today's episode, we are talking about the new Tau Codex that's been out for about two weeks now. Um, wanted to hold off on this episode because uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Demeki, who is uh, the veteran Tau player inside of our group that plays Tau a lot. Uh, we wanted to get him on the show so then he could talk about Tau and everything like that. And yeah, dude, this codex is so insanely good. Uh, I guess we can start off with Demeki on uh, what you think about the codex so far. I love it. It's a completely different army, and, and if it's if it's ninth, it's everything that they needed for ninth. They got movement shenanigans now. Uh, they got some AP that was much needed for most of their weaponry, mm-hmm. um, so that they can actually compete against other armies. Um, what else did they get? They got a change to the marker light system, which was much needed. And, uh, the battle suits saw a hell of one hell of a glow up. Uh, they are probably the, some of the best stuff in the game, uh, or in the codex right now. Any, anything that's like keyword battle suit is just delicious. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yes. Yes. Uh, 
Yeah. Scary, what do you think about the codex so far? I love Tau. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, <laughs> Tau has always been an army that whenever I've faced against it, especially playing Drukari, I just know that they have the tools to like wipe me off the face of the table in like two turns. <laughs> so I you know, I go into it with a lot of respect. I love the fact that Tau can play night, like Domeki said. Like with the movement especially, but also the fact that it's not one Tau build I'm seeing. I'm seeing multiple different Tau builds. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a good sign. It's a sign of like a healthy book, people exploring different options. And I think as the balance updates come, maybe core keyword gets removed from broadsides. Please games workshop. Do that. <laughs> we got alone. Just give them a points increase. No, no, no core there. Take away core. Leave core there. No, leave okay, core there. Dude, they took core away from chicken walkers. They're taking core away from broadsides. Broadsides to have core. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think uh, it's good. They can shoot. They have some fighty options, like crazy Tau commanders that want to come punch you with like a crazy oh. flamer of some sorts yeah. and uh, some like yeah, weird like stuff. The, what is it called? The Onager Gauntlet? Yeah, the yeah you can uh, do that yeah. at the Super Flamer. So you can run in with yeah. like double and then reroll hits and wounds or whatever. And he's actually kind of scary in close combat. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I think if you're a Tau player, you should be excited that your codex got an update. And historically, the community throws a lot of hate towards Tau. Just like historically, so it's okay. Enjoy it. You haven't been relevant for a couple of years. Like literally, just just enjoy the time. Like murdering people with missiles. And, and, oh and, yeah. And this is coming from the person that plays Drakari. So like he he, <laughs> <laughs> he he knows exactly. Like yeah, get get your time in the sun. Isn't that right, Scarry? I didn't play Drukar for the last like eight months. <laughs> Every once in a while, I did. I just felt really bad, <laughs> you know. And I wanted to make sure I had friends to play with, so <laughs> yeah. I, I ended up playing a lot of Craft World Eldar. Oh, and oh, then, wow. and then, uh, <laughs> uh, and then that's that next one coming out. out. Yeah, right. Now I can play my Drukari again. You know, I just do reverse meta. It's it works for me. Mm -hmm. uh, John P, uh, how how was it like fighting against a? Uh, uh, like Tau back in the day, because you haven't fought against the new Tau. How was it like, you know, going up against the old one? And then how do you feel about the new one? Uh, the old one, I mean, I was playing, this is when we, like, we were first learning. So like we barely knew how to play. Uh, I was playing Space Wolves against like Tau. And Tau was just hitting on Overwatch and Fives and it was just killing me before I could even get to use my army. So, you know, there's a, there's a place in my heart for Tau that I, I hide and throw away. Uh, but I mean, just hearing about Tau now, it sounds fun. Like, moving and shooting, I can imagine I'm just like, swaying back and forth like a, a I don't know, like... Like a I person that I, sways yeah. back and forth? Yeah, as as I can't, I, I, this is a podcast, so I can't actually, you can't actually see what I'm doing, but you know, do, 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 <laughs> and running around the room. <laughs> I think that explains it perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, like you're kiting, right? Yeah, 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 kiting, yeah. 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 It's a, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, so like before, uh, when I would think about Tau, I was like, oh, dude, this arm, all they do is just shoot. And like the shooting phase is like my least favorite phase in the entire game. Um, but after playing Tau, I was like, wow, this is so much fun because it's not just shooting. Now it's just like so much movement. You get, you get to, you move so fast with the army. It's insane. And like mm -hmm. it's it's and then like your guns 
are it's like ranged punches you know it's 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 really mm-hmm. cool i like the the army's really fun that's our general consensus about tau first and foremost now going into the new uh tau codex we're already seeing so many placements of tau and i feel like that this is kind of indicative of when any codex like comes out when it first comes out you just start seeing like victories of it you know up the wazoo um but now we're seeing like custodes and tau just like picking up uh gt wins or like top four finishes um uh uh at gts at like i think at majors also the london was the london open was that a gt or was that a major it was a gt it was a gt yeah i believe it was a gt yeah. yeah, it was a it was a larger larger event. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, uh, it's very interesting seeing this codex come out and just come out swinging because you don't see that um as often. It, you just see it like every once in a while. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts about how Tao is doing as of right now? Um, and we could we could start off with a uh, Demeki first. Uh, I would have to look at so like. With everything going on right now, because there's a lot of Custodes and, and Tau in the top eight, you got to kind of look at, too, like the percentage of the armies total at the event, right? Because, uh, I mean, of course, if you have a higher percentage of certain armies, they should be making top eight, hopefully, because they have a, a larger output um, and, or in show. Uh, but, like, I, I've only played New Tau once. I don't think they're OP. Um, I think there are some things that need to be toned down, uh, broadsides being one of them. Um, but other than that, I feel like the book's really balanced. There's a lot of different things you can do in here, uh, especially like with the different sets. Uh, Demeki and get him to repeat that last sentence, please. Oh, yeah. Um, what, was that? Uh, what needs to get balanced? Sorry. The broadside. No, I'm not going to lie. The broadside needs to be balanced. It's <laughs> Sorry, I just need to hear it cheap. again. Thank it's too you. cheap and just Thank just so everybody knows why we think it's 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 i don't think it's overpowered it's just a little bit too powerful than what it currently is the thing has eight wounds a two-up save then it's heavy rail rifle on a wound deals a mortal wound and it gets two shots so if you hit both and you wound both your opponent gets two mortal wounds it's then combine them with shield drones because we'll get into that too like even drones operate differently uh it's like i said it's a completely different army if, if you're like me uh and you've only played tau eighth and then tau ninth it's gonna feel like a completely different army it's not gonna feel the same one it has core two it's infantry so it can do actions mm-hmm. it can uh if you have an ethereal it can do an action and still shoot Mm-hmm. And since it's core, you can get chapter master rerolls. You can reroll hit rolls of one. There's so many uh, things that you could stack onto them, which is like insane for a unit with three shield drones is going to cost you and smart missile systems is going to cost you like 306 points. Yeah. It's insane with D3 plus three damage. Yep. Yeah. And mortal wounds. And mortal wounds. It's disgusting. Uh, Scary. I forgot what my question was, <laughs> but you know, uh, yeah, how about you go ahead and just start talking, and then just. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think your 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 thought process is now muted, Matt. Oh yes, yes, hundred uh, percent. There seems to be a clog. You know, it's like Tau, as Demeki said, 
Tau have a... They're not overly powerful. The thing is, the more you play against Tau, the, the better you get at playing against Tau. But it has... Like, when you play against Tau for the first time, for anybody who's new out there, who's never played against Tau, and there will be a lot of you that haven't, that are listening to this, because of the fact that Tau have been kind of terrible for a long time, and we really haven't seen them out and about at events or really represented. There's been the odd outlier, you know, people going to events like, uh, you know, Siegler, who I think went to an event last uh, year with the Tau to just kind of see how it did, that sort of thing. But you hadn't really seen them very much. They will shock you, right? How much they can kill, how quickly. However, you quickly learn to not, like, show yourself, and they do have a lot of Adelinocyte shooting and stuff, but you can mitigate that with practice, with good positioning, with de dedicated transports. Like, there's ways that you can stop them from just nuking you completely. And then you tackle them where they have the hardest time, which is normally holding objectives. Because their Fire Warriors and Breachers, they're still really squishy infantry. Oh, yeah. It's really the suits that do a lot of damage. And yes, you can make, like, one of them OPSEC or whatever. There's, like, a couple things you can do there. But a lot of the time, like... They're running command point reroll, five of film of pain on a crisis suit, not making them obsec or whatever, and like you can stop them from scoring. I think mm -hmm. it's about how you play against them and whether or not you have practice against them that really dictate how it feels to play against them more than anything. Yeah, because like you also don't have to worry about Overwatch every single time you charge. Oh, thank goodness. So, yeah, there's not, there's no longer a Tau gets a maybe a movement phase. In a shooting phase, and an Overwatch phase, it's just movement and shooting now. There's some crazy stuff you can do with Overwatch because, like, what the Warlord trait exemplar of the Manka uh, yeah. lets you reroll wound rolls like all the mm -hmm. way through to the next round. So you just Tau Flamers, that watch out for those Tau Flamers. <laughs> like we had a had a friend, uh, a friend, uh, Team Canada, like teammate Tim, who was playing his his Drukari against what uh, in our scrims into Tau. He had two. Tau suits that could see this this team like the the little the court mm -hmm. that's four flamers that overwatched and did something like 36 hits or something silly because mm -hmm. it's plus two so it's mm -hmm. per flamer so that's four flame you know four three flamers each that's just plus 12 to another six d6 hit rolls with reroll wounds and the whole court just like disappeared from oh, yeah. two out of the five. Yeah, yeah, you you like yes, it can be very scary. Dude, those Tau Flamers are my jam, man. Like just getting exemplar of a of uh, the Monka on them and just like rolling up to somewhere and just being like, here uh, like here here's like ninety shots of a flamer uh <laughs> rerolling my wound roll. <laughs> just disgusting. I, I love it. And uh I've I never seen Talos go down so quickly. I like literally just instantly dead. Whole unit of Talos gone. It, and it, and it's not uh it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's actually very very possible for a group of like five uh crisis suits with flamers to just one shot a night with exemplar of the manka. It's like it's insane. It is crazy. Mm -hmm. Jumpy, how about I tell you what that flamer is like? All right. Uh, yeah, I was, I was just about to ask. <laughs> Okay, let me let me tell you about this. Let me spin you a tail on this flamer. All right, this flamer it's strength four, AP zero, one damage. Okay, doesn't sound too scary, right? Uh, however, if you're in Monka, you get AP one, so you have one AP already. Okay, and then on top of that, uh, you can spend a CP uh, for I believe it's called coordinated engagement or something. 
And if two units are within 18 inches of uh, an enemy unit, you get an additional AP. Uh, so that could be AP2. Uh, you are you can uh, spend two CP in Talcep to give it plus one to wound, and then you can have it re-roll the wound roll. And every single flamer for like a crisis suit bomb, you're looking at. Uh, you you can go from like two flamers on one crisis suit to three flamers on one crisis suit. I like going for three flamers, even though it's not very smart. Um, I I I think it's funny and it's it's great. It's a good time. Uh, but like that is D six plus two shots for every single flamer that you have, and you run like a crisis suit bomb with like five crisis suits. You give them iridium battle suit for a two up save. You give them uh, stim injectors so then they can get a four up feel no pain the first time that they take damage. And then you can give them shield drones and they're ridiculously hard to shift. Plus they do a lot of damage. How's that? How's that sound to you? They move 10 inches. They move 10 inches. Let's fly. Let's fly. Well, technically 18 uh, because you're going to have a... uh... Cold Star Commander. A uh, Cold Star Commander nearby. Yeah. Nuts. <laughs> that's pretty. That's ooh. Salamanders sound kind of jealous right now. <laughs> yeah, dude, it is crazy. So the Tau Sept, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this in I, I would I would say that this is probably the most popular and probably the best Sept out of all of uh, the Septs that you're gonna get in Tau. What do you guys think? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, most of the special characters are Tau Sept, and the good special characters are Tau Sept, like uh, yep. like the Dark Strider or whatever his name is, yeah, the, the little Pathfinder guy. Yeah, you know the Aun Shi or whatever the big Ethereal, the like Space Pope Ethereal. Like mm-hmm. he's like super, like he's Tau Sept, and you want to keep your Kalyon slash Monka, so you need to make sure every Sept like model is is the same. So name characters you can mix and match, but if you do that, you kind of like break your Kalyon Monka. Especially if you take the big space pope guy, so uh, that and you know extending the the uh, bodyguard aura by three inches, it's like a six inch aura. Like there's just so much stuff you want to take tile for. Yeah. Um, Wait a minute. Wait, you can have your body. Oh, you're right. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought that the aura was only on uh, characters. I'm gonna zoom in on this, but like <laughs> that is hilarious that you can have your bodyguard rule. Just be uh 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 what what it's already a naturally a three inch right, so yeah three inch six yeah a six inch aura of bodyguard for all your characters oh my lord yeah that's uh, a lot of people are wanting this fact uh just because of that and the other thing was too is that technically you can bodyguard long strike so like rules is written long strike can be bodyguarded. And with a six-inch aura from bodyguard suits, and I know a lot of tos have already said no, that's not the case. Like we're not going to allow that. But like people are already requesting a fact just for the the aura extension on the bodyguard key role. Which uh, is funny because like Talon Masters have been bodyguarded forever, and nobody like that's still really strong. You know what I mean? Eh, just go punch Long Strike, okay? Just punch him. Yeah. And then he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you only got to worry about if he's. Got the rail rifle, just one shot that ignores symbols. You know, you'll be fine. Unless you're Good. a succubus that's charging into long strike while yeah. they are monkeying or whatever, and <laughs> and he rolls a six to hit, which explodes to two hits, and then she just dies. <laughs> with, which was a sad moment. Yeah. Yeah. 
like uh i i feel like that a lot of the stuff that happened with tau was that a lot of people saw the previews of tau and we saw like the hammerheads we saw long strike i think uh we saw uh previews of manka and everybody was so up in arms about the hammerhead and how mm. it just ignores invulns and everyone was up in arms about borkin and stuff but then like you start to realize that wow there is way better stuff in this codex than the hammerhead mm-hmm. right definitely yeah it is like it's insane like i i would not take a hammerhead at all in any towel uh army at, at least that's my opinion i would never take one not when you can take five crisis suits with insert weapon here yeah <laughs> there's no point exactly yeah I, yeah yeah but how, how does that make you feel john p that the 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 unit that everybody was scared of during the previews is like the least scary boogeyman uh pretty scary i mean i guess if anything <laughs> it just shows that the everything in this book has a place so you know not everyone's gonna be going out and buying a specific model or models yeah um, they're gonna be able to find a way to work with what they got uh, even crew maybe is is crew still good? Yeah, crew's yeah, pretty crew's good. Okay, <laughs> even crew. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a sign of a good codex. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's it's that, and that's the thing is like the codex is good. Like I, I, I agree with Demeki where I don't feel like it is too broken, and I know that might be a hot take. Um, but like it feels like a good codex. Like it feels fun. It feels uh um powerful. But there's a lot of stuff that I feel like that you can do against Tau in order to knock them down a peg uh, against any uh, against most opponents. Uh, after Tau Sept, though, uh, the next big one that people probably like a lot is going to be this one right here, uh, Borkin. Um, is is just another one that people might enjoy here. Uh, Demeki, do you want to go over what Borkin really does? Yeah, I, I can go over it. So Borkin gives you four inches of range onto all of your weaponry. Uh, then on top of that, uh, any time that a vehicle or a battle suit is selected as a target with a weapon that is characteristic of seven or less, uh, the unit that's shooting at your vehicle or battle suit, you subtract one from the strength of that weapon. It's only ranged attacks. Um. A lot of people like Borkin just because of ex uh, experimental weaponry, which is their their special stratagem. The one where you select a unit and a gun, and that gun ignores invulnerable saves. Um, it looks powerful on paper until you realize it's a unit and a gun. So it's only like, and I think it's only one model. Yeah, so one model in the unit. It's not even the unit. You select one model and a gun, and that's it. Uh, it's still pretty powerful, but it's not as OP um, as I think people were making out. Same thing with the Hammerheads. The Warlord trait, uh, you get to improve AP by one uh, for an attack, and then an unmodified wound roll of six inflicts one mortal wound on a target. That's that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. To a maximum of three. Yeah, I've I seen this one used with Storm Surges a yeah. lot mm -hmm. because they have a big gun. That yeah, yeah. and benefit from the extra. Well, if you take three of them, benefits from the extra range. But yeah. loves that, like, oh, I can do four damage a pop or twelve damage a pop, and I ignore invuls, and you can kill a knight like a single volley. Like it's 
there's some there's some spice to be had there. Before we got the update uh, to where you can't take multiple steps anymore, that was the first thing I thought about. Was I was like, I'm gonna take a storm surge. It's gonna be Borkin, and and it's super heavy auxiliary detachment. And then I'm going to go touse up with everything else. Like I was, that's how I was gonna do it. But then the rules came out, and you can't do that anymore. I was like, oh great. So, yeah. but yeah, that's that was my original idea when I first saw this. Yeah, uh, I, I think that the only thing that I like out of this is, one, if you're running uh, a Storm Surge, then, you know, take Borkin. It might be interesting. Um, but uh, the the only thing that I really like out of this um, Sept is the 4-inch range, just because it makes the Flamers, instead of 12 inches, it's now 17-inch range, um, which is pretty cool. And then uh, if you go Cayune, then you get a 17-inch Flamer, that you can re-roll the wound roll on. And that's pretty funny. I like that. Can we get a flamer count every time Matt says flamer? Dude, I love these flamers, man. Like, I, oh, man, dude, there's so much fun. Somebody make that gift right now or clip it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just flamers, dude. Um, we didn't even talk about one of the biggest uh, benefits of taking Talcept here. Um, and so I feel like that we should probably go Focus back fire. to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, not only do you get, uh, what is it, an increase in auras, but every time that you attack with something um, in the shooting or fight phase, you get to reroll one hit roll or one wound roll. That means that you become a lot more efficient. Uh, And then on top of that, focused fire, two CP stratagem here. Use a stratagem in your shooting phase when an enemy model loses any wounds as a result of an attack made by a Talcept model from your army until the end of the phase. Each time a Talcept core model from your army makes an attack against that enemy model's unit, add one to that attack's wound roll. Woo, that's an army-wide plus one to wound for only two command points. Mm-hmm. If you need to kill that one big scary unit, Tau definitely kill it dead very, oh, yeah. very quickly. Oh yeah, yeah, it's 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 insane. And then you know what's really interesting also is that uh, with the way that this stratagem is worded, I believe that you can slow roll until like with a unit that's shooting at at it, you can slow roll it until it finally deals damage, and then you can pop the two CP in order to get plus one to wound on the rest of your wound rolls or the, on the rest of the on the rest of the unit. That would make just, sense, yeah. Yeah, because it just says when an enemy model loses any wounds as a result of an attack. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, very very efficient <laughs> uh moving on from there uh we have the next sept that people are probably gonna love the most just because it's a uh it's a fan favorite here but farsight enclaves uh i i don't really see the benefit of this and i think scar you probably know more about it than i do what what is the big deal about farsight enclaves uh the biggest deal is you don't have to worry about putting marker lights onto things um, you know, because a lot of the times with Kalyon, like with Monka, you're trying to get up nice and close to get really the the main benefits of like getting extra exploding attacks or to get the extra AP and all the mm-hmm. stuff that like the benefits that brings. And it just means that like units just will net usually just have plus one to hit because you're yeah. going to be close enough to the enemy. So it just gives you an automatic plus one to hit for your whole army. And then the second benefit of the Farsight Enclaves is you get two commanders per detachment. Which means, like, you can have up to six, like, different types of commanders with, like, three patrols. Which mm-hmm. is, like, Farsight, who's a close combat commander, 
right? You also get access to some crazy reroll strats when you deep strike, which works really well with homie beacons. So like the ability to come in and do either a crazy alpha strike, which is when you come in on like the first turn of the game to do like enough damage to like win the game in a single turn, or a beta strike, which is like later in the game when you just come down and do enough damage to like win the game in one fell swoop. Farsight is like a very aggro, in your face, just do damage and uh, and put a lot of pressure on your opponent's style of list, and it just fits into that. Uh, yeah. The biggest detriment, no ethereals, right? So you kind of give up the ability to take that like extra command point every turn, but a lot of times you don't need it because like, the suits and the units are very self-sufficient, and you don't really need as much interaction between Markalites and units to get the most out of your like damage output. Right. And like the like he was saying too, when it comes to to the whole marker light thing, is that now you don't necessarily have to bring a Pathfinder squad because a Pathfinder squad is like over a hundred points, especially if you give them the rail rifles, which are great. I love them, but like, but like, yeah, like it, it saves you points now because maybe you don't have to bake in as many or any at all marker lights. You just get up in their face and get that free one marker light because that's all you really need, anyways. Yeah, yeah, John P. What do you think about Farsight Enclaves? <laughs> uh, oh, I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Just uh, drop in go burr like that. Yeah, that's, that's just, the one thing I remember. You drop in go burr. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, moving on from the seps, you also have some pretty interesting customized, uh, customizable seps that you can do. Uh, we're not going to go over that, but like, there, there's some cool stuff in there. But uh, moving on from there, we're going to start talking about the stratagems here. Uh, and there's some pretty freaking good strats uh, for Tau, not just the ones that are just uh, uh, put into the the seps, but just in general, their uh, their stratagems are really good. The first one that we should probably talk about is Breach and Clear. This is one command point. Uh, use the stratagem in your shooting phase when a Breacher team unit from your army is selected to shoot. Until the end of the phase, each time a core model in that unit makes a ranged attack, the target does not receive the benefits of cover against that attack, and you can re-roll the wound roll. Whoo! That's some spicy, spicy meatballs. Uh, Demeki, you want to talk about why that's so good? Yeah, I really like the Breacher team. So the Breacher team, is, the way they're, they have two, they have a gun with uh, two profiles. Close range is six strength, minus two, uh, one damage. And that that that's a pretty spicy gun because when you're a Monka, now it's a minus three uh, AP weapon and you're rerolling the wound roll. So like it's going to be able to chew through a lot of things. I used it uh, the other day. I used uh, this to finish off a PBC. Like, it, it, it's good it's good um plus like even if you manage to go up against something that is receiving light cover like the, it is even going to matter just because of the sheer amount of ap that you already have on that weapon uh if if you're running the breacher team with that configuration but yeah the 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 breacher team i like the breacher team a lot more than the strike team with the new codex because uh the thing what? that you could yeah, and well, hold on. I'm mean, since we're already talking about this. The reason why, the reason why, is because if you take Devilfish, which you should be taking Devilfish, uh, when you're going out into a game, you want to use where is it? What's that? What's that stratagem called? It's called to get out after you move. 
Yeah, it is a get out after your move, uh, essentially. But yeah, it's like one CP two. So like you move the devil fish up, they get out. Up and to then, three devil fishes in the right. Which yep. is for one CP, three devil fishes. It's yep. so silly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So you you pop that stratagem, you pop br- br- breach and clear on your breachers, and they will delete anything that's probably directly in front of them. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty nasty. Um and uh the combo that he's talking about is with Devilfish where uh Devilfish if you are in Monka you can use the stratagem called uh combat deparkation. And yep. if you're in Monka you can select up to three devilfish to uh move and then have the units inside disembark. Uh devilfish already have a natural uh built in ability where they can uh move nine inches up the board uh turn one. And so you can move nine inches. In Monka. In yeah, Monka, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in Monka, the reason why we say nine inches is because you're always going to choose Monka. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> uh, just saying, I've played against a couple of pro players that have been using Kalyon, and it can oh, get really? really silly. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. You have no idea how many attacks they <laughs> Like, how many hits they get late game. Oh, oh wow. It is some spicy, spicy stuff. Plus, with that fullback and, and shoot, from it's like it's really good okay okay all right we can talk about that in a little bit however if you are in manka you get to move the devil fish up nine inches uh they move another 12 inches you disembark for three inches and then the unit can move six inches uh so wh- how, how many inches is that <laughs> what, what 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 is that Two enough inches. inches that's the yeah. technical term yeah so you can just get up in the face of your opponent really 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 fast i think it's more about going around because not it's not just about the, it's about being able to bypass mm-hmm. obscuring terrain and literally go and like see around like walls and corners yeah. so that if somebody's trying to hide from you you can literally go and be like i see you now and then shoot them yep yeah it's pretty nasty uh, moving on here with the rest of the stratagems. This is one that I really like here. Uh, it's called Relentless Fusillade. Uh, this one, use the strat in the shooting phase when a strike team unit from your army is selected to shoot. Until the end of the phase, instead of following the normal rules for rapid-fire weapons, uh, models in that unit shooting pulse rifles make double the number of attacks, and each time a core model in that unit makes a ranged attack, improve the armor penetration characteristic of that attack by a one. I like this one because uh, you could just have a squad of uh, fire warriors in your backfield, and then yep. boom, you get rapid fire with an with on top a, of it. With a cadre fire blade, the exploding sixes on that, like it is a stupid amount of dice. Like mm-hmm. it is so silly from like really, really far away. Yeah, it's like thirty-six what? inches. They get rapid fire. This is only one CP. Yeah, yeah. there are two yeah. bullet points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should be spending one CP per bullet point. I know, right? <laughs> Same with the breaching clear. Two bullet points, one CP. That's, that's crazy. I just want to say, whoever wrote the Tau Codex, I don't know who had the bright idea of making a minus two inch to charge a battle suit one CP, but Bruh, that know. is the most ridiculous stratagem ever. Like, just, just literally just sitting there. And then there's so many ways to stack stuff on top of that. Take the uh, the four-jeweled suits that already give you a minus two, for example. They have, like, a minus two to charge them. And then it's minus four for a CP just for that unit of suits. Like the uh, hazard suits. The hazard suits, yeah. You go into a crater or a forest, that's an additional minus two. If you somehow are charging a unit of pathfinders nearby with a 
throne, that's another minus two. And then on top of that, you can have the, like, crazy inhibitor thingy where you can, like, force people to, like, charge less and have their charge less. Oh, yeah. Like, you can literally have units be two inches away and have to roll, like, a ten to get into these things. And it's silly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, custodians eat your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> Screw your tangle foot. Um, I, well, you know what's also interesting about that is that uh, anything that comes out of Deep Strike, good luck charging a battle suit. Like, mm-hmm. what, you're going to have to be, uh, uh, you're going to have to roll an 11 um, at the very least in order to, co- in order to do it. Oof. But, John P., you have a unit that uh, ignores that. So, pretty nice, right? With uh, Admech and also Space Wolves even. Uh, Space Wolves could use Keen Senses to ignore that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the same with Admech. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah pretty good. Yeah, Rust, Oakers, like... Rust Oakers are good for that. And yeah. uh, so Death Guard. That's right. Oh yeah, That's Death Guard too. Worth the extra the extra point increase on those Terminators. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that hurt me. And I don't even play Death Guard. That uh, bro. You like all my other armies got nerfed. Now I get I got well at least I got Tau. At least I got Tau's new codex until they get yeah. nerfed. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll talk about like probably two more stratagems here. Um, unless there's other ones that you guys want to talk about since there's so many. Uh, yeah. But uh, the next one I want to kind of talk about here is a uh, backup AI. This thing is yeah, crazy for AI. just one command point. Uh, you just uh, select. Ooh a Tau Empire model in your army, and until the start of your next command phase, the model is considered to have its full wounds remaining for the purposes of determining what characteristic on its profile to use. Yep. That's pretty nuts for something like a Storm Surge. Yeah, that was... um, It was called... I think it was called Stim Injectors in 8th mm-hmm. edition. Uh, so normally you would use Stim Injectors in order on your Storm Surge so that it would operate at top bracket, right? When you're playing your Triptide build. Uh, but like... Yeah, uh, I mean, it's really good. I, li- I like it, but, like, the only thing that's going to be using it is going to be your most of your vehicles. Well, actually, all your vehicles, because now uh, Riptides are vehicles, and so are Ghost Kills. They said model just because maybe the Storm Surge doesn't have, like, vehicle keyword or whatever, So or any of the uh, terrain structures that they have, like the Tidewall gun ring or whatever. But, yeah. Uh, the next, uh, the next one here that we'll talk about, um, it's called Strike and Fade. Uh, Strike and Fade. Uh, you can use this stratagem at the start of your shooting phase. Select one Tau Empire jetpack, uh, unit from your army. You can shoot with that unit, and then it can make a normal move of up to six inches. Uh, that unit cannot shoot again this phase. So you're looking at fire and fade, uh, mm-hmm. with a crisis suit, um, or like anything with a jetpack. Yeah, stealth Pretty- suits, crisis suits. Nice to have it back for Tau. That just used to be a rule that Tau had on all their suits back in the mm-hmm. day. Like, all the suits would just move, shoot, and then move behind a wall. Like, that was literally their rule. Um, yeah. So it's nice to see that they have it in a limited capacity again. Yeah, I think they used to do it with, like, a Riptide a lot, right? Like, you would move them uh, up, shoot, and then I think they had, like, some type of ability that let them move during the charge yeah. phase. They still have the. It. Uh, they still yeah. have it. Yeah, it's uh, basically yeah. It, it makes them very very quick, and you can get onto objectives and get like points where you need them and stuff. Although it's funny because there's so much other good stuff in the book. Even though Riptides are okay and Sword Hammerheads, like everybody's just gravitating towards all these other really good things mm-hmm. that are that are out overshadowing them. Yeah, right. definitely. All right, it's because it's, it's about you know the points uh, versus performance. You know. 
Yeah, uh, I want to do an honorable mention to a stratagem that's probably not going to be seen a lot, but I think has a lot of value, and that's the detached drones, which oh, allows yeah. you to take your drones and like split them from the the unit, which is amazing if you're looking to try and zone out the table to stop deep strikers from coming in to create more like like basically zones of control or like just create like a buffer zone if your opponent has lots of deep strikers and you don't want it you can literally detach your drones and send your drones off like old school like one unit at a time but it just lets you have more board control as the game goes on uh just something to keep in mind i think it's not a not one that's used very often right now but i feel like it has a lot of technical and tactical use um if you put your mind to it yeah definitely uh, it, I, I really like that the the drones are now a part of the unit, and so you can kind of like move them around and help with screening just with that way alone, uh, which is pretty freaking cool. Uh, we have prototype systems, but I don't think that we really have to talk about them too much. Stim injectors is like really, really good. That one gives you a four of feel no pain. Uh, thermoneutronic projector is the flamer where you can upgrade a tau flamer and it becomes like strength for uh, AP2 Minus two damage. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, every time that you make a melee attack, you make D6 plus two additional attacks with the weapon, which is pretty nuts. Um, those are all really good. Uh, Warlord traits, the ones that uh, people probably are going to talk about the most is like Exemplar of the Manka, um, probably through Unity Devastation also as well. Precision of the Hunter is also really good because it lets you uh, take your Warlord and you can reroll the hit roll and you can reroll the wound roll for them. Um, pretty sick, nasty. And yeah, uh, you guys want to move over to their secondaries or do you guys want to talk about ethereals? Like what, 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 what do you guys feel? What, what's, what are you guys feeling right now? Well, uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about too. Cause like, I feel like a lot of what a lot of people don't understand about new Tau is like what we were, what Scary was kind of touching on. So before the way Tau used to work in eighth was that when they deployed as a unit and the unit had drones, the drones would essentially break off and become their own separate unit uh, during the deployment part uh, of the game. Now they're embedded. So, and the way that that works too is as the Tau player. So if I take a shield drone with a four up invul and it has two wounds and that unit's attacked, I can essentially just say, okay, well, I'm going to roll onto the shield drone until the shield drone dies instead of having to do save your protocols like you used to. So, it kind of speeds up the game for the tile player where before we were making all these crazy rolls for save your protocols and then like doing the feel no pains and all that for the shield drones. Shield drones lost the feel no pain, but they got an additional wound and then they still have a forum emble. So that allows your strike team and your breacher team and your pathfinders, anything that's really squishy to kind of survive and onslaught if you put them in a bad situation. Uh, it, it goes for all the drones in the unit. Now, drones are normally T5, I think, but the unit doesn't get T5. The unit stays at whatever it, it is, even if there is a drone in it. So if it's your your fire warriors, they're T3, uh, and then your drones, your drones toughness doesn't play a factor into it. Yeah, yeah, it, it makes it, it's a lot more streamlined. I think that that's what you're trying to say. Right. Well, that and I'm trying to let people know, like, it's no longer because the, the strategy used to be shoot the drones, right? How do you beat Tau? Shoot the drones. Now you don't have the option to shoot the drones. You have to just figure out, you know, what units have drones in them and then try to clear if it's like marker light drones and you're trying to get rid of all the marker lights. If they're not running far side enclaves, then you want to go after that. 
just to keep that in mind as a, like a, a person that's playing against Tau. The invocations for the Ethereals, uh, Wisdom of the Guides. Uh, if this invocation is inspiring, you gain one command point and you can upgrade him so then he can have a humble stave and then you just get one CP every single turn on a two up. Uh, that's nasty. Two CP per turn. That's pretty cool. That and plus something else. You know yeah, I mean? and so something else. Yeah. That humble stave is like a relic that you're just going to take. Yeah. yeah, which is it's, a bit of a shame. Like when you have auto takes, that like why wouldn't you take not take this, mm -hmm. right? It kind of does overshadow a lot of the other cool stuff that they have, but like that's it's just so good. Why yeah. wouldn't you take it? It's just incredible. Yeah. It's like any time a space marine character takes a chaplain, they're gonna upgrade the chaplain it's, or it's an the apothecary. Same. They're gonna yeah. make it. It's like every monster apothecary is on every battlefield in every like chapter ever. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the other invocation that you take, probably Sense of Stone, um, because the Ethereal has a built-in. So, like, the Ethereal has a built-in pick a unit, and then they could do an action and shoot without it failing. That's you, She can do another invocation where she can have that, which is insane. So you can have, like, two units do an action um, and still shoot, which is crazy. But Sense of Stone is a five-up feel-no-pain. You know, you, you look at those broadsides, bro, <laughs> now those broadsides have a five-up feel-no-pain. And then mm. the, the crisis suits have a four up feel no pain with stim injectors when you activate it. Like those things are not dying anytime soon. Mm -hmm. um, going over the chapter approved uh, rules. These are the secondaries for the Tau Empire here. Um, there's one in here that I really like. And then the other ones I think is just like hot garbage. Uh, I guess uh, we, can, we can go with Scary on how you feel about some of these uh, secondaries real quick. If you want to go through that. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. I I don't remember the name of all of them. Um, however, there is one that's like a retrieve Nackmund data, which is instead of doing it like six inches away from the 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 halfway point. So in match play, for anybody who isn't like, for if you're listening to this, you probably know what match play is. But um, you know, you're trying to get secondaries to score points, and that requires actions or being on parts of the table or killing certain things. So the important thing about their battlefield supremacy one what's it called again it's called uh battlefield supremacy is decisive action okay and then and the I shadow operations one that i think that you're talking that's the one i'm talking about yeah is aerospace targeting relays yeah so instead of doing like a retrieve knackman data or a teleport homer which is about being in the central parts of, of table quarters like six inches away from the table like lines of the table quarter lines if you were to dissect the table or go near the enemy deployment zone it's about staying on the edges of the table right in like the intersection points of the different table quarters and it's the same sort of idea where you're doing an action to try and like complete this but i think the positioning of it is really good for tau because a lot of the time they don't like the things they're going to want to do those actions like strike squads and things like that like they don't want to be up close and personal and that allows them to kind of skirt the edges of the table and kind of do this action like as far away from the opponent as possible and so i really like that secondary specifically there's also another one which is like a stranglehold but it's like better for tau which yes. is the battlefield supremacy one yes i love that one can i can i can i talk about it Demand, yeah go ahead can i talk about it yeah go ahead go ahead okay so the <laughs> the one that uh scar was talking about battlefield supremacy decisive action this thing is so i love it it's so good if you selected the Monka tactical philosophy at the start of the battle then at the end of your turn in battle round one two and three score four points if you control half or 
more of the total number of objective markers on the battlefield. Uh, and then it's the same thing if you choose Kayun, except that's on battle rounds three, four, and five. Uh, the reason why this is like a little bit better than Stranglehold, but then also not because you can only get 12 points on it, is that it's ha hold half or more. And that is absolutely insane because on a six objective mission or on a five objective mission, you just have to hold two objectives and then shoot your enemy off of another objective. And then you get the four points, which is crazy to me. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that uh, secondary? I just used it on Saturday and yeah, it was, it was really strong on a five. Uh, when you have a five objective match, you, I mean, you just need two. Yeah. And, and you're gonna score, so yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's really strong. Yeah, I like it a lot. It, it's a very safe pick. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna. You might not get a hundred, but it's still a safe twelve. Maybe it should yeah. be a safe twelve. It's it's definitely a safe twelve. Uh, what do you think, Jumpy? Yeah, uh, especially considering they have like all the smart missile systems to just ignore line of sight and shoot shoot you off of maybe like that back objective where you just had one unit of infantry um pretty good pretty good dude. uh super good on even the ones with uh six objectives where maybe you'll have three on your side and they have three on their side and tal just you know stand put shoot you you dead yeah i uh, score <laughs> pretty, pretty crazy <laughs> yeah uh scary what do you think I love any secondary that allows you to play the game better. Yeah. And this one sort of encourages you to do the things that are going to help you win the game to win the game. It's like, you need to be on objectives, check, and you need to kill stuff off of objectives, check. And if you're doing stuff that's already part of playing the game, you're going to be scoring this secondary. So it kind of marries very well with how you're going to be playing 40k in general and that's why it probably feels so organic and then combine that with the fact that it's going to play within your style whether it's monka or kalyon depending on how you've built your list or who you're playing against you know then it kind of gets a double layer if you're getting super aggressive and aggro you want to score as many points as possible as quickly as possible and if you can max that out in the first three turns it means that even if you get tabled or you lose all your units your opponent starts taking all the objectives late game you know, it just allows you to sort of, like, cash in on the fact that you scored all those points early. Yeah, it's like front-loading your points, so then you can kind of just uh, lay back in the uh, towards the end of late game or lay back during, like, the beginning of the game. It's kind of like how Harlequins played uh, back in the day uh, in the beginning of ninth edition where you just front-load all of your points, and then you just get dwindled down after that, but you already have such a huge point lead that it doesn't matter anymore. Um that's kind of like how it feels. Uh, obviously, it's in Battlefield Supremacy, though, so you can't get Stranglehold, and you can't use uh, Engage on All Fronts. Um, so you're missing out on there, but, you know, I like it a lot. Uh, moving on, we have the Philosophies of War. These are your Manka and Kayun stuff. Uh, we'll breeze through this one real quick, and then we'll talk about, like, how ideas that we have in order to uh, take down the Tao Empire um, and how we feel about the entire codex as uh, in general. Um, uh, Demeki, do you want to go through uh, what these do? Manka and Kayun? Yes. Yeah, sure. So uh, for Manka and Battle Rounds 1 through 3, 
Each time this unit makes a normal move or advances in your movement phase until the end of your shooting phase, it counts as having remained stationary. Each time a model in this unit makes a ranged attack that targets the closest eligible enemy unit within the range shown in the table below, improve AP characteristic of that attack by one and reroll wound roll of one. Uh, the ranges are as follows, about around 1, 18 inches, about around 2, 12 inches, about around 3, 9 inches. Uh, Kayun is about around 3 through 5. Uh, this unit is eligible to shoot in a turn which it fell back. If it does, then until the end of each turn, a model in that unit makes a ranged attack, subtract 1 from the attack's hit roll. Each time a model in this unit makes a ranged attack that targets the closest eligible enemy unit within 12, that model is not within engagement range of any enemy units and did not fall back this turn on an unmodified hit roll of the value shown in the table below. Uh, if that attack scores a hit, it scores one additional hit. So you get exploding. Uh, exploding starts with sixes on round three, five ups on round four, and four ups on round five. I really like Monka. A lot of people like Monka, but apparently Kayun, uh, people like Kayun as well. Scary, do you want to shed some light on Kayun? So, Patient Hunter is Kayun. Um, you know, so you, it's all about kind of biding your time and, you know, playing at, for example, practicing for the WTC, like um, with the, at an international level. The game isn't necessarily just about winning. It's about losing by less or winning by more. So you want to try and get as many points as you can while denying your opponent points. Or if you're in a bad matchup, trying to deny them the ability to take away points from you. So keeping all your points and denying them all their points. And so I recently played a game against one of my teammates and he, he ran Kaoyun specifically because I was running like an aggro Drukari list that I, he knew, like he went, um, he ended up going f second. And so instead of like jumping on me, he decided to go Kaoyun and just sat back and let me come to him for like two turns and then literally just like pounced on me. And all of a sudden with all the rerolls he was getting and, and whatnot, like his rail guns and his big gun, like every six or every five or every four was double the amount of hits. And it was like, it just got really overwhelming very quickly late game and then i tried to tag him in combat stuff and he was like falling back and still shooting and whatnot and it was like really annoying like because at the end of the game he just was able to kind of seal the deal um and uh and it's not something that you see very often but you know sometimes you want to hide for two turns right and then start playing the game and I think it's nice yeah. to have that option. You don't have to use it every time, but it, there'll be one or two matchups where doing that will be better than Montka, right? And it'll be that practice that tells you, hey, this game, I don't want to just be in your face and get really close to you in the first turn because then I will lose, right? And I think it's that being able to do the difference or separate the two will separate the good Tau players from the great Tau players. Yeah, I, I could definitely see it working out against things like um, Crusher Stampede, right? Yeah. Uh, if you expose yourself too fast in Crusher Stampede, then like they just start wrecking face. But if you just hold back just a little bit, especially since a lot of uh, monsters in Stampede has like a three-up save, uh, your AP1s and your AP2s are going to like take them up to their invulns anyway. So I can definitely see this uh, being a late-game choice against Stampede. Um, unless you just have the like the chaddest of chads and you're just like, I'm going to go straight for it and see what happens. 
Um, just yeet on in there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, Grey Knights play kind of like the same way, just super cagey. They're not going to go all out turn one or turn two, and then they wait until you're in the middle of the board, and then they come out on turn three, four, and five um, in order to score their points. So I, I could definitely see it. Um, yeah. So that's all the stuff that uh, for, for Tau, like giving you guys a nice roundabout of it. Let's go into uh, how to fight against hmm. Tau and uh, what our ideas are of uh, dis- of dismantling the army. Um, well, let's let's go with uh, 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 Demeki first, and then we'll go with John P, and then we'll go with Skari, and then uh, yeah. So Demeki, how about you tell us how how do we how do we defeat the Tau? So the first thing you would probably want to pay attention to when you're up against Tau is what step your opponent took. So if they took anything other than Farsight Enclaves, they're probably going to have some Marker Light units. Whatever they tell you the Marker Light units are, normally Pathfinders and whatnot, you want to focus those first. Uh, They might have drones embedded in some key units if uh, they built their list wisely. Uh, They might have like Marker Light drones embedded into certain units, so then you'll just have to prioritize on what you think the biggest threat is. if you see broadsides, um, try to stay out of their line of sight for their rail rifles. Uh, use your ter- use the terrain to your advantage. Um, if you're Drukari, uh, you better be bringing Cult of Strife to ignore your uh, ignore Overwatch. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, I think that's all that I've got mainly. Okay, okay, Scary. Or uh, John P. John P. You're next. What do you, what do you, what do you yeah, think? yeah. I mean, like the Mike said, try to use the terrain to the best of your advantage. Uh, if you're playing with player optimized terrain, or you're, you're playing your own place terrain, um, you know, try to make sure that there aren't too big of a firing lanes. Um, can can you do both Monka and Kayun? No, no, you can't. You can only. You can't. Okay. Okay. So I guess if the other player is playing Monka, then you know. Take your time, turns like one, two, and three, and then try to score in later rounds. If they're playing Kayun, try to go ham, I guess, so they don't get to that late game uh, scariness of exploding fours, exploding fives, exploding sixes. Uh, and um, I would say don't even bother deep striking anything because <laughs> uh, you're not going to get that charge off. Um, but I mean, unless you want to use it for like scoring rod or whatever. But yeah, try to. It seems like you kind of have to play uninteractive with them if they're just going to shoot you down. So try to try to score as many points as you can. All right, all right, all right. Scary, what do you say? I know I'm not going to rehash too much. I think great points have been said. Uh, one thing that I'm going to say is make sure that you bring dedicated transports and hide. You know they do have a lot of out of line of sight shooting, but the out of line of sight shooting isn't the best against like a transport like rhino or raider or venom uh you know so that's like one of the main things you can use to keep your infantry alive that's going to help you score points in the game if you just bring a bunch of models on foot and like units big small tau usually have the ability to with smart missile systems with airburst fragmentation projectors like to just wipe out your infantry and then you can't score points i think that's one of the biggest things um the second thing would be use terrain to your advantage not only line of sight blocking yes they have a lot of movement so you need to pre-measure how far they can move to see around the walls 
so that you can kind of make sure that they're you can hide the units that are important for you to hide against whatever it is that they have. But also forests. Like Tau still only hit on fours, and even with Markalites, they're only getting plus one to hit. So using dense terrain to your advantage is incredibly important. But the number one thing I'd say, the last thing I'm going to say is, in order to play against Tau, you need to go out and play against Tau. Like, you need to play against them at least once to understand how much shooting they can do and how the dynamic works, and then put that in your memory bank and then just build on that because you need to have that frame of reference to play against Tau. If you go into it blind and don't understand what they're capable of, you will, like, your whole army will die in a couple of turns. So you need to feel it firsthand. So that would be my first uh, piece of experience. Uh, my, my advice, go play against Tau uh, at least once. See how it feels and then make a plan from there. Yeah, you got you to get punched in the face a couple times in order to understand how many times you could take punches <laughs> to the face. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with all of you guys. Uh, I think that t getting rid of the marker lights is really good. Having anything that can give you minus one uh, to hit is also incredibly good against Tau still. Um, once you start getting rid of the marker lights, then all of a sudden, uh, if you have a minus one to hit aura or something, then you're, uh, you're getting uh, hit on uh, fives, which is so so detrimental for Tau. Um, it was the same thing in eight, in eighth edition. Uh, one thing that I do want to point out, though, is that uh, tagging Tau isn't the best way to defeat Tau as of right now because battle suits can shoot in combat as of right now. So if you charge something like a crisis suit, that uh, uh, they they can still shoot you in melee combat. Um, yeah, it's funny the way it's worded. It reads as if each model it's an engagement can shoot, which is kind of funny. Oh, but okay. uh, definitely I could see how it would be intended that the whole unit shoots. Yep. But it reads as if it's per model to model, which I've had a few people come to me and ask me as a TO, being like, hey, how are you ruling this? I feel like the intent is if the unit is in combat, like pistols, they can all shoot. I don't think it's intended to be model to model. So yeah. hopefully hopefully that gets suppressed. Yeah, definitely. Um but yeah, so like just tagging Tau isn't like the best thing that you can do. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Using your terrain to your advantage, all that good stuff. Um, I think that, uh, what, what do you guys think about like big, if, if you're if they're not taking like hammerheads or mm -hmm. uh, a long strike or something like that, how do you guys feel about Tau going up against things like knights and stuff? Do you think that they just completely murder them, or do you think that knights have like a, a way to play? Uh, I, f I feel like knights still have a way to play. It depends upon like what's in the top players list. Um, they're they have a lot of weaponry, but a lot of weaponry is uh, also on the weaker side. Like the airburst fragmentations are only four strength. Uh, the flamers are only four strength. Yeah, you can do some crazy shenanigans with both of them, but like like I said, like. It's four strength, so you might be able to like shelter the storm. Um, what else? Uh, if they're not running broad broadsides, I would say that you definitely have a lot better chance uh, of surviving against Tau if you're a night player. Um, but yeah, if there's anything like a broads broadside or even a riptide with its rail rifle uh, or rail uh, ion accelerator, then uh, you might have a harder game. But like uh, Tau having to deal with that many large models with uh, T8 and 
a ton of wounds, it, it might be a problem. Because knights also have really good shooting too. Yeah. So like even with a single broadside unit, because like I, I think that uh that's like the sweet spot is just a single broadside unit. Yeah. Um do you still think that with a single broadside unit, like they can take down a knight reliably all the time? Not all the like time, per, but like they could they could at least take down like war dogs or where the where the, the, the Imperial armagers. ones. Yeah, the armagers, yeah. like they they should be able to nuke an armager or a war dog. No problem. Oh, yeah. Easy. Every turn. I think if you're running big knights, it's a little bit of an issue. If you run like the war dogs, I think you're in a better spot. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because all the war dogs are obsec, um, and they can just really tackle that primary. Like they, yes, they're going to die a lot faster, but war dogs, like they shoot, they're fast, mm-hmm. and they can also do close combat. So it's like the, the, they do everything. And a lot of Tau armies right now are not really going for like a bunch of rail guns for example or like fusions or anything they're going for more like volume of fire and whatnot and when you have 14 armages coming at you like it you know like some of those majeras like sorry not majeras but those um the lightning locks on those little like forgeal ones will nuke any infantry or any drones you have that are that are standing and then mm-hmm. the meltaguns like they get lucky and they just kill all your broadsides you know what I mean? yeah. like it's yeah you know, so you, it it's. I feel like it'd be a toss up. You know, depending on who who would commit first and how much mm-hmm. terrain is on the table, which is always a big thing against Tau. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 actually very interesting that there's like, see, and this is what I'm saying. Where like, there's some good matchups going into Tau where like you feel like that you still have a fighting chance, even though you feel like that you shouldn't. Um, you can still perform really well. Necrons, uh, Catans, dude, they're great mm-hmm. against Tau. Just like, <laughs> what 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 are they gonna do? Shoot you? Go ahead. This is just three wounds. This is the time. The Necrons, you have, you guys have uh, had all... This is what you guys were made for. This is what it was. <laughs> this is a... Uh, ta- fighting against Tau is a... Uh, uh, I would agree. It comes back. Necrons yeah. have some really good tools into Tau. Yeah. Yeah. You got your Catans and stuff. Um, okay, cool. So uh, with that, we are pretty much done here uh let's just do a nice round table of uh what what everyone thinks about the codex now uh now that we've gone over it uh starting with john p uh, i haven't personally played against Latel yet so i will have to um hold many i guess or a stronger opinion until i do so but it sounds it sounds like a good codex i'll say that <laughs> cool, cool cool all right then uh what about you demeki I absolutely love this codex. The The one thing that Matt pointed out to me too after I went through my first look through was he was like, Shadow Sun is a Supreme Commander. And I was like, holy crap, she is. So now I can take two battle suits with a Tau Sept instead of only one, which is amazing. And uh, everything in the book is great. The only letdown was that there was no eight uh, in this codex, the oh, the Farsight Enclaves eight, uh, Lord of War, but uh, maybe we'll see them in an army of renown, and they'll get some other cool shenanigans and rules to go with it. Awesome! And Scary, what do you think? I'm glad they're good again. Like I love that there's an army like Tau in the meta, because there's some builds that, like, they just completely crush. And I think that's good. Like I like, I kind of like the rock paper scissors aspect of Tau. It's like a seven or an eight out of the ten, 
you know, in terms of you're raiding them. And it's nice to have an army that's like there, but I love that they play ninth edition so well. Because you it's it's just good. It means that people have to build more tools into their list to deal with a variety of different things that they might see. And one of them is now Tau. And so it you know, that is going to hopefully spur some creative list building from the community at a competitive level. Yeah. Um, as for myself, I think that the codex is actually really, really good. I think, uh, hot take, I think it's pretty balanced. Um, I think that there's some stuff that they can do. There's some stuff that they can't do. Um, I think that a lot of their stuff is actually very expensive, so they can't like have all the toys that they want to play with. So Mm -hmm. it makes it more balanced that way. Like if you're going to take broadsides, that's like 300 points. If you take crisis suits, that's like another 300 points. Like you're running out of space very quickly in your army. And so you can't have all the tools to deal with everything in the game as well and as efficiently as you possibly can. And I think that that's healthy. Um, I like it. So that is it for this episode. If you guys are watching this on the stream, we will be answering questions. So get your questions in now and we will talk about it. Uh, I saw some people typing in chat that uh, I feel like that we could talk about. We'll talk to you guys for like about another 10 minutes before we end off the stream. But that is going to be it for this episode of Chapter Tactics. Uh, let's do some plugging. John P, where can everybody find you at? You can find me on DiceCheck, youtube.com forward slash DiceCheck. Uh, I've also been streaming recently, so you can check me out on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Joe Nathan P. Uh, that's also my Twitter. That's also my Instagram, if you partake in any of those. Heck yeah. Demeki, where can people find you? Hey, everybody, you can find me at the same place, youtube.com forward slash dice check or twitch.tv forward slash dice check or twitch.tv forward slash Demeki. And I don't know my social media uh, plug, so sorry. Awesome. <laughs> and Scary, give us the good old fashioned Scary plug. Whoa. Um, (laughs) I have got a green background I thought it was fitting Uh, you can head over to YouTube Scardcast, that's S-K-A-R-E-D C-A-S-T on YouTube, Patreon, Twitter Instagram, Facebook Reddit you name it Um, I've been uh, around but thank you for listening everybody heck yeah and as for myself you can find me I'm running out of places where you guys can find me at. Uh, Mm. You can find me probably on the I-15 running down just the freeway, uh, just full-on butt naked. Um, If you guys see me, just honk, and uh, I'll do a little flip in the air. Uh, I'll do a nice kick flip like all the cool kids do. But, yes, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.